Hey everybody, this is Clover Chat, brought to you by the University of Minnesota Extension and the Minnesota 4-H State Ambassadors. We have started this podcast to showcase all the great things 4-H has to offer. Our podcast will include stories from Minnesota 4-H members, information about 4-H opportunities, and we will also hear from some 4-H experts. Are you interested in taking your leadership to the next level? Apply to be a Minnesota 4-H State Ambassador. Applications are now open and need to be submitted by Monday, April 17th. To learn more about the State Ambassadors and to apply, visit z.umn.edu backslash s-t-a-t-e-a-m-b-i-e-a-p-p-i-n-f-o. That is z.umn.edu backslash s-t-a-t-e-a-m-b-i-e-a-p-p-i-n-f-o. Must currently be in grade 10th or above to apply. Welcome to the University of Minnesota Extension 4-H podcast. This is episode four of season three, and I'm State Ambassador Megan from Anoka County. I'm joined by... Arabelle from Sherburn County. On today's episode of the Clover Chat, we have a very special guest joining us. On behalf of the ambassador team, we want to warmly welcome the director of Minnesota 4-H, Jennifer Scusa. During this recording, we want to focus on Dr. Scusa as an individual and her roles in Minnesota 4-H. In addition, we also want to look at some of the hopes and dreams she has for the future of the 4-H program. We asked our fellow Minnesota State 4-H ambassadors, as well as the 4-Hers of Minnesota, for questions they would like answered by Jennifer Scusa today. The first question we have is, can you explain what your position is, what your daily tasks are, and what your role in Minnesota 4-H is? Thank you, Arabelle, and thank you, Megan. I am so glad to be here. And a little bit about my role. I actually have multiple titles. One title is State Director for 4-H Youth Development. And you all know this is the largest youth serving organization in the state. And uh, I'm in charge of it, but I get to work side by side with fabulous leaders like yourself. And so I also have another title and it's called Associate Dean. So we do 4-H Youth Development. That's our biggest, most premier program in our center. But we also have other things that happen in our center where we work with youth workers across the state and provide training. We do applied research, which is really practical research that helps make youth programs better. So I'm in charge of that too. And also as a side gig, I also do a little bit of teaching at the University of Minnesota. So I teach a graduate course for people who are learning to become better at doing youth development programming. I love my job. We definitely as ambassador team know that Jennifer is very well-rounded and um, has the 4-H program in her roots and does a lot with the 4-H program. So we thank you so much 
for all of your hard work in that. But it's also cool to like learn about some of those other titles that maybe Arabelle and I have heard you say before, but we didn't remember off the top of our head super clearly. So that was awesome. Um, another question of interest that was brought up was, were you a 4-H'er growing up? If so, what was your experience like? And if not, how did you get involved with the 4-H program? I was a 4-H'er. I was a first-generation 4-H'er, meaning that my parents had not been a part of 4-H or my grandparents. And I was a 4-H'er in Benton County. And I was a 4-H'er for about 10 years. I would say even longer because I have two older brothers and I would tag along with them as uh, I'm sure a lot of 4-H'ers do. And uh, for me, my experience was spectacular. I loved horticulture, still do. And I was really into raising flowers, making indoor gardens, outdoor gardens. And I really learned a lot. In fact, I was looking at some of the records that I would keep, and I was um, pretty amazed at what I was accomplishing at fourth grade or sixth grade or eighth grade and the kind of detail I had with my gardening. But, you know, that was that was fun and meaningful, and it still sticks with me. But probably the thing that I remember the most were um, the service projects we would do as 4-Hers. So our club would pick one out, and we would do, you know, whatever it might be. It might be cleaning up a park, painting garbage cans, improving something, right, in the community. My favorite one was when we decided as a club to work with an elder in the community and we spent time with her, we made meals with her, we raked her lawn, shoveled her, shoveled her walkways when it was snowing and so forth. I'll never forget it. And I, that's the one that really sticks with me the most were the service projects that we would do and the good that that would bring to not only us, but also to the person that we were working with or to the neighborhood that it was happening in. That's a little bit about my 4-H experience. And now I'm a 4-H volunteer. So my daughter's 13. So I get to be a 4-H volunteer in her club. That's amazing. I love like that it all just like came full circle for you and now you get to to give back. Do you think that the um you said you met, you did a lot of gardening. Do you think that the the skills you learned um in your like whether it's your, like your judging experiences or your project work in gardening or other forage projects, do you think that um like do you think that still benefits you in your life and in the the different things you do? Absolutely. Um Everything I learned in 4-H, I am simply doing it over and over again, especially in terms of like, like the gardening. What I learned when I, when I was doing when I, in, you know, in fourth grade, when I was planting the garden, it's I'm doing it the same way because or, you know, make me make making a few improvements here and there. But everything I learned in horticulture, I'm doing today. But it's also other things like planning out the garden ahead of time to make sure you have the right seeds and the right amount of space and the right amount of light. Planning that comes with gardening, that can be translated, Arabelle, as you were saying, to almost anything. I tend to be a planner. I like to be somewhat organized, but I can go with the flow if I need to. And the all that planning and all of that organizing and seeing a goal all the way to the finish line that's um, that's what 4-H taught me. And I think that comes with any project. It just happened for me to happen in horticulture and in my service projects. Yeah, and I love how you mentioned that that can happen in any 
any project of 4-H. You know, it doesn't have to be just horticulture. It doesn't have to be just showing like livestock. It can be, you know, even through performing arts or, um, you know, just like going to camp and stuff like that. There's always that process of like getting from a starting point to a, a finishing point. And along that journey, you learn so much, which is what 4-H really can show on how much a person can learn and grow as an individual through the various activities and events they might get involved in in 4-H. So I love that you mentioned that. Oh, Megan, I couldn't agree with you more. It's just seeing something through and even if it doesn't turn out great, or if you make a lot of mistakes along the way, or, you know, it just gives you more motivation to improve it next time around. But yeah, I, I think, I think 4-H just, just gives and gives and gives, but like anything, you have to put your effort in, but, and you both know, because you're outstanding leaders, what you can get back if you put the effort in, it's just so worth it. And 4-H is just a wide open slate that fits anybody and any interest. I absolutely agree. Um, this next question comes from the 4-H youth in Minnesota. They want to know what you enjoy doing outside of your career. And as a state ambassadors, we know that you enjoy marathon running. Can you explain why you like this activity um, or maybe why you choose to participate in it? Well, marathoning, I like a punishment, I guess. No, I'm kidding. I, it can be hard, but I enjoy a good challenge. You know, I started running when I was 11 years old and I ran my first mile and there was something about it. I, it wasn't actually a really great experience for me, but I did something that I didn't think I could do. And that's what I loved about it. And so now it's like, all right, then you just go a little further, you go a little faster, maybe it's you're going to it's going to feel a little bit easier. That's what I love about running is that you can take it anywhere. It's very low maintenance, all you need are a good pair of shorts and a you know pair of shoes, and you can go pretty much anywhere. And I love that feeling of um, setting a goal and achieving it or coming close and then that that improvement oriented. And I don't know. I always feel better after I run too. It's like drinking water for me now. Like literally I'll get up every morning, run anywhere between six and eight miles on the weekend. I'll put in more, especially if I'm close to a marathon and I'll be, you know, putting up, up into the, you know, 20 miles or so, but I love it. And I think that's kind of runs really closely to 4-H youth development. If you find something that you love, you stick with it and you pour your heart into it. And I did that when I was in 4-H and I do that with other interests that I've kind of acquired along the way. Running's one of them. I also really love traveling. I love watching movies and I'm not a performing artist, but I think maybe deep down, I wish I was because I love to go to performances. I don't care if it's kindergarten kids or if it's really good you know, like the arts in kids in the summertime at the state fair, or if it's a professional show, love them, can't get enough of them. Yeah, that's an awesome analogy that you uh, made there on how marathon running is kind of like 4-H and, you know, we always are incorporating 4-H into uh, the things that we do every day because it has taught us how much um, they a lot of the things that we do have that passion that we kind of either learned in 4-H or they work really closely alongside 4-H. And um, I know Arabella and I can both agree we 
really enjoy learning all about your dedication to not only being this like empowering individual for the 4-H program, but also seeing that you can do like marathon running, which um, sometimes you get to see those really cool sides of people. Because at the end of the day, Jennifer Scusa is not only like the director, but um, she also has her personal life. And I can see how you move um your personal life into how you are as an individual, which is always really awesome as well. That's so kind Carabelle, of you to say. <laughs> do you have anything to mention or go alongside with anything that Jennifer said? Um, I agree with everything you said. There was one thing that uh, you were talking about, just like, oh, you said driving forward in your marathon running to just um, continue improving. And it just like, it just felt like such a 4 h thing to say because like you make the best better, right? Like that's what we do. I just thought that was so funny. <laughs> I saw your face light up when I made that statement and I'm like, ah, oh, I'm connecting with Arabella that one for sure. <laughs> um. Okay. The next thing that we want to touch on is we know that you have a very deep dedication to your work. Uh, we want to know what motivates you to work so extensively on improving like your personal learning and your personal life along with improving on the 4-H program. I, um, I think about, you know, sometimes when we hear the word work, it feels like, oh, right, really heavy. It's like, oh, it's so much work. But I love this work. I mean, I really do. And it doesn't, it's not like I need a whole lot of motivation to get out of the bed, out of my bed in the morning and just make it happen. I just love it so much. And really, I think what is at the core of that and today and this moment, I think is exemplifying it because I get to work alongside young people like you, you know, as peers, as leaders in, you know, making things amazing, whether it's a youth conference or whether it's designing a new program or whether it's figuring out, you know, what's the best service work that we can do to be civically engaged with our communities. I find that so motivating. Um, and you probably have noticed whenever I get to interact with the state ambassadors, it's probably some of my most, it is the highlight of my of my year. I enjoy it so much and to have many touch points like that. Another thing that really motivates me is I like to be stretched as a person, but I also love our youth development work because we get to work together with partners, with adult volunteers, with youth leaders like yourself to create programs and experiences that stretch young people and stretch volunteers so that we are constantly growing. And I find that to be a pretty amazing opportunity because um, if you're not stretching and if you're not growing, what are you doing, right? You're just kind of sitting around and waiting for the next thing to happen. But instead it's just the opposite in 4-H where we are making things happen because we're doing it with, um, with others. And uh, I'm also an introvert. And so I'm on the, the quiet side of things. I tend to, that's where I get my energy is when I'm alone. It's probably why long distance running kind of suits me. But I have grown through, um, you know, working with 4-H at becoming much more of an extrovert and getting my energy by being with others. And we get to meet so many 
as you know, young people across the state, as well as partners and volunteers and colleagues, that's pretty motivating in itself. Yeah, I can like absolutely identify with much of you said, like for, for me, like when I started 4-H, like I was just talking to my county educator the other day, like when I started 4-H, I would go to like meetings and just sit in the back and not say a word. Like even when people directly ask me a question, and like, that's not who I am anymore. Like now I'm the president at the meetings. So I think like, that's just, it's so amazing that the, the 4-H program can do that and can build a safe environment for that to happen. I agree. It's like, how many opportunities do we have in our life, especially as, as, as young people to really be in charge of something from beginning to end and see it through and so that youth leadership, even though in 4-H we're so used to it, it's like, oh yeah, we're youth leaders or, oh yeah, we developed this. It is a big deal because when you look at other youth serving organizations or maybe just other experiences that young people have, you see that, you know, these opportunities to lead and to see things through doesn't happen quite as often. And we get to do it. We're living and breathing it every day within 4-H. And we get to motivate each other because we get to build on our ideas and and uh, constantly move forward. So yeah, it's pretty exciting. I also really like stretching our potential. What do they say? We only use like what, 15% of our brains, which always makes me so sad whenever I hear that statement. And it's like, <laughs> how can we stretch it even more? And I think by working together in 4-H youth development, kids and adults together, there's um, you know, there's no limit to what we can do. Yeah, I love your mention of the, the partnerships and how they can be so motivating. I know that uh, Arabelle and Jennifer said that they are more introverted people. I was genuinely more of an extroverted person, but without the partnerships of working with both introverted and extroverted people, whether it was at club meetings or county events, I didn't really realize how both can be like super strong and make such a great team together that you need that introverted person and the extroverted person for something to like really work super well. And so I'm glad that I got a like glimpse at that, um, you know, starting out at the county level and then more at the state level. And then as an ambassador team, we all have different like strengths and weaknesses and where some of us are introverted and some are extroverted. So seeing that work together has really just like taught me a lot along with those partnerships. I know that I made a lot with like other youth when I was younger, but then I started making more adult partnerships, which were great for me because I got to not only like learn a ton from those adults, because obviously they have a lot of knowledge and they know a lot about 4-H and they typically are passionate about it. But um, I also got to, you know, have those connections for some of the connections with those people for like maybe even the rest of my life um, because they have made such a huge impact on me as a person. And um, they, I guess, you know, we asked you about like what motivates you to be better. And I think it's for me having those influences and those people in my life, those role models that um, push me to be better along with um, all the other things that we mentioned before. Oh, I, I, I'm, I'm so with you on that too, Megan. I just think there's, there's something about bringing people together who normally wouldn't come together because you know, we have our schools, we have our families, we have our communities and 4-H youth development cuts across it all. And you get to meet such a wide swath of individuals. It's fantastic. 
I'm so glad that you're taking advantage of it. And Arabelle, as you talk to about how you've reflected on your experiences and how you've grown from the quiet person who would never say something in the back of the room. And I know that feeling when you want to say something and it's like every bit of energy in you is just like wanting to come out, but you don't take the opportunity. And then when the day comes, when all of a sudden you do speak out in front of a group or lead a group or you're the president of, of, of the club, whatever it might be, what a stretch that is. It's fantastic. Are you looking to meet new friends, engage in unique workshops, and have fun this summer? If you answered yes to any of these questions, you should join your Minnesota State Ambassadors Yellow this summer. Yellow stands for Youth Exploring Leadership and Learning Opportunities. This year, it will be hosted on the beautiful Bemidji State University campus, June 13th through the 16th. This amazing opportunity is for all 4-H youth grades 7 and up. The 2022-2023 Minnesota State Ambassador Team can't wait to see you there. For more information, go to z.umn.edu backslash 4 dash uppercase H uppercase Y uppercase E uppercase L uppercase L uppercase O. That is z.umn.edu backslash 4 dash uppercase H uppercase Y uppercase E uppercase L uppercase L uppercase O. Also, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Minnesota 4H. Welcome back. Moving on to our next question. What do you think is the biggest challenge that Minnesota 4-H is faced with right now? It is 2023. And as I look back on the past year and being on this side of the pandemic, um, you know, we experienced so much change and so much, um, we had to adapt so much during that time period, that couple of year time period. Um, and as we come out to this year now, we've made such incredible growth. I don't know if the two of you know this, but we have grown our membership by 57% since 2022. That's incredible. And that takes everybody. That takes staff. That takes volunteers. That takes youth leaders to do that as well as our partners. So now I think now that we have grown so much and we're in a really good place where we can still have quality programming, because it's not all about quantity. You want quality and quantity, right? When it comes to a strong 4-H program. Now, retention, which is another word for kind of hanging on. We want people to be a part of the 4-H program for as long as they are interested. So I think that is a big challenge for us. I also think that we have a challenge, and I know that the two of you have been very involved with this. It's continuing to reach new audiences, introducing 4-H youth development to those that haven't been a part of it. I think that's um, another great challenge for us. And I think we also have an opportunity. There are so many incredible things that 4-Hers do. 
whether it's at a very local level within their club, or maybe it's on a regional level when they're working with kids across counties, or maybe it's on a state level like the two of you as you're leading youth conferences and other efforts across this state. I think we also have an opportunity to really tell the stories of the difference that young people are making because there are just such incredible things. I think about all that I see at the state fair, young people who have designed parks that are now real parks in cities that people are using and youth are the ones who designed them. Or maybe it's kids who have developed, um, you know, a significant, um, you know, um, contribution to making, um, you know, gardening better or healthier or the things that we've done with nutrition and cooking and finding better ways to, to feed ourselves and to take care of ourselves. When you look really closely at what 4-Hers have that they do every day, and what I think they can do in the future as well. It's solving important problems. It's being a part of the solution and it's really making our communities and our everyday lives better. So I think that's an opportunity for us. It's to tell those stories even more. And that's why I really love this podcast idea as well because, or this method, because we can continue to tell the stories of young people and the difference that they're making um, through, you know, um, innovative ways like this, like the podcast. So I think those are some of our some of our challenges. It's we've grown, so it's time to retain retain those youth, continuing to reach new audiences, but also really capitalizing on the important stories and the differences that youth are making and get those stories out in a very public way. Um, following Arabelle's question, what do you think is one way that the state ambassador program can assist on improving Minnesota 4-H? I had mentioned before that we have an opportunity to tell our story, even with, even especially to people who don't know us or to people who are, are not familiar with the difference that 4-H makes. So I think one of the things that the state ambassadors can do, it's to really amplify um, your own voices. And this is an example, by having podcasts and having podcasts regularly and modeling this, hopefully other 4-Hers, other ambassador groups, maybe local, local ambassador groups, can do the same thing. I also really love how um, our state ambassadors have made like reels and really cool videos and have gotten that out on social media as a way to attract youth to 4-H programs, whether they're already 4-Hers to help them get involved in other things, or maybe they're youth that aren't a part of the 4-H program. I think what you can do by just amplifying your voice can really do a lot for our marketing because um, you know we can have all the print materials and all the marketing materials in the world, but when it's coming from a young person, it means so much more. So I hope that you can help us to continue to innovate and to find methods like this to, um, to help us by getting the great word out. Um, another thing that I think that ambassadors could do is for example, Arabelle and Megan have kind of done it all in 4-H. 
you've done the local thing. You've done amazing work at a local level within your clubs. You have also participated a lot in state activities. You've also participated in national activities. I would love it if state ambassadors could take it on to help other 4-Hers that are already in the program see the different pathways that one can take by taking advantage of some of the opportunities that have been afforded to the two of you and to, and to your peers. And I think state ambassadors are really poised for that because they are already role models. They are already very accomplished within their 4-H career. They can help others to see that they can build a pathway for themselves that can be just as rewarding. And other 4-Hers can learn how to create their own versions of success just as you, Megan, have done, and just as you, Arabelle, have done, as well as our other state ambassadors. So those are a couple things to really help us in amplifying youth voice and to use that to attract youth to the 4-H Youth Development Program, but also to help our current 4-H members um, get even more out of their experience. So I love to hear your ideas. It doesn't have to be today, but maybe even in the future to hear your ideas on how we could do that more. I love, would love to hear your recommendations or let's just do it. <laughs> yeah, I think that's that's a really interesting point. I know that I, I know that I'm like one of the first state ambassadors in several years from Sherburne County. And so I think that um, in a way we do just like lead by example, just by like, the fact that people do know that I'm a state ambassador in my county. And so I think that people like, oh, that's that's for Sherburne County too, right? Like, I think there is a part of it that's just like, um, like hearing about it. And like, I, I haven't done any national 4-H events, but like watching Megan do that, I'm like, oh, I could do that too. And so I think part of it is just like watching people do it. But as you were talking, I realized like, it's fine to let people watch you do it, but it's like, you also have to lead like with your voice and you have to share like, show them a picture and be like, this was amazing. You should try it. Or like, I think you would be really good in this position. And so I don't think I'd ever thought about that as like part of my, I guess it really is like part of our role as state ambassadors is to, is to um, share it, like share it back. Like, Hey, you could, you could do this and have this experience in 4-H. So thank you for that. I think that's, that's a really interesting point. Um, here's our next question. What is your vision? What is your vision for the future of the 4-H program in 20 years, 40 years, or even 60 years? Well, you don't hold back on easy questions, do you? I'm kidding. That's like the hardest <laughs> question of all. Okay. So in Minnesota, we have, if you look at school age youth, so kids that are in K-12, right? We have about a million kids who are involved in K-12. I would love to see um, even more of those youth be a part of the 4-H program. In fact, um, and this is gonna take a while to get to, but I would love it. And if we had you know one in every 10 youth that are school-age to be involved in 4-H, whether it's through their school, whether it's through their 4-H club, whether it's through a camp, but somehow to get touched by the 4-H program, because I believe that it is um, such a strong, such a wonderful program that just has nothing but benefits, not only for the communities in which our 4-H programs take place, but also um, for the young people that participate. I would love to have a, a global component 
added to the Minnesota 4-H Youth Development Program. By that, what I mean is we would have opportunities for young people to experience other cultures, travel to other countries, and to see other parts of the world and other parts even of our nation or even across the Americas. I do believe that in addition to the beautiful experiential learning model that we have within 4-H where you learn by doing, you're doing stuff and that's how you learn. I also think that travel and being in other places and being with people that are different from you is um, one of the best forms of education. So that is really a part of my vision to not only grow the 4-H program, but also to, to really build in those global, a global component so that more and more young people could, you know, get out of their communities and see another part of the world and bring that back to the community that they choose to live in. And I'd love to get your feedback on that idea. Yeah, I know you talked about like going globally. And I know as an uh, ambassador team, we realize that there is 4-H programs in a lot of other countries around uh, the world that maybe some that we never had even thought that there would be a 4-H program. in. so whether you know, you're collaborating with a 4-H program in a certain country, or we're just taking um, youth there in the near future, this is big thinking, but taking youth there so that they can see, um, you know, those challenges that other countries may be facing or, um, you know, in the U.S. we're so privileged with all of the wonderful things we have around us, but we always talk about, you know, giving back to our communities and um, giving back to others. And I think that that's a great way to not only learn, but also to, for 4 H put their foot forward and make an impact on not only uh, here in our nation, but all across the world. So I love that thinking of um, in the future of expanding more globally. And I also uh, really like the idea of um, getting more of those youth that are in uh, the K-12 programs into 4-H because they're already all together, I guess you could say, because they all share a common um, similarity. They're all in school, right? So uh, figuring out how not only the ambassadors, but also how of all 4-H programming, we can reach out and try to get more of that um, awareness of what the 4-H program is into the uh, K-12 programs, I think, is a really great hope and dream and aspiration to keep going um, and make the program better for the future. Great. Thank you. I also think about what we can learn from other countries and what we can learn from other cultures, from the assets that they have. And I love, Megan, how you are... Um, you know, recognizing how important that exchange is and how those relationships are. Again, I just think the, it's such a wonderful way to grow as a person, to uh, to get out there and meet other people, travel and live in other places. And there's just so much that we can all benefit from it. Yeah, so um, lastly, what is one piece of advice that you hope every 4-H'er will take away from the program or their 4-H experience? I know that we had talked, um, maybe it was earlier today, but also just in other, in, in other experiences when we were coming together, but we've talked about how 4-H youth development is one of those places where, really one of the few places 
where youth leaders are truly driving the program. They are, they are carrying it out. They are developing it. And uh, I can't say enough about that. All of the 4-Hers who are currently in the program just recognize what a unique and special opportunity that is and enjoy it, take stock in it, and take advantage of even more opportunities that 4-H youth development has. And if you wanted to work alongside an extension educator and a volunteer to create even, you know, even um, other experiences, I, you know, take the initiative and do so. I also want to really encourage 4-Hers to, to really reflect and to document on what it is that they're learning for the 4-H program. And I can just hear my daughter groaning right now saying, document, that sounds so boring. But what I mean by that is really, it's to keep kind of keep track of it. It's like, Arabelle, you know, I've seen you in these wonderful state competitions. Megan, I've seen you at these national conferences. Make sure that you take note of that. Put it on your resume. Think about what it means to you and uh, and keep track of those experiences because you both and many others too have built these wonderful careers within 4-H youth development. But if you don't record it in a way that is meaningful to you, um, we begin to kind of lose track of it. So I really encourage all of our 4-Hers to do that and to really take stock in the fact that they are youth leaders and they're accomplishing great things. And find a way to tell that important story, because whether they're applying for colleges or deciding that they want to go into the military or whether they're um, deciding to take a certain career path, all of the experiences that you all all have had within 4-H youth development is going to help you make that next step. But you've got to be able to tell your story and you've got to document your story in order to tell your story. So. I just um, wish all of our 4-Hers well, because I think that uh, they already have accomplished a lot and the future is very bright because there's even more to get done. I'm so glad we have that recorded because I'm definitely going back to listen to that again. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, I absolutely agree. I think what you were saying about like recording what we accomplish in 4-H, I just feel so blessed with my opportunities in 4-H and I like creating my membership record is truly one of my favorite parts of the year just to go back and look at it and like like when I had like a really hard show and I know it didn't go the way I wanted that's it's a hard it's a hard thing to go back and look at in the membership record but it's also an opportunity to reflect on like what you gained from that experience and I think that's something that is not encouraged in a lot of other youth organizations. And so I think that's just such an amazing part of 4-H. And I was so glad that you, um, you brought that up. Thank you, Arabelle. And we know as 4-Hers, a lot of us like to participate in a lot of different things or like to participate in one thing and then do a ton in that program. So making sure that you just like can remember and reflect, like you said, and just make the most of all of the opportunities you've been given. It really helps you see how much you've grown as an individual too, which that's what 4-H is all about, right? Is learning and, um, you know, extending yourself and being the best self you can be. And so uh, that whole reflection state and just like keeping track of 
how far you've come. I know looking back, uh, I've been in 4-H since I was a clover bud, and there's things that I remember when I was that clover bud to now, just because there's like a picture of it, or there's a video of me doing a like dance out on the stage for a performing arts, like just those little things help show me how I've like progressed through my journey and um, how I am the person I am today. Oh, those are such great examples. I, I love hearing the value of reflection. It's so important. Yeah. Well, we want to thank you, Jennifer, for joining us on the Clover Chat podcast today, where we focused on learning all about the director of Minnesota 4-H. On behalf of the entire ambassador team, we are extremely grateful for your time and dedication towards leading and improving Minnesota 4-H. As we close this episode of the Clover Chat, we want you to remember this podcast is brought to you by the number four and the letter H and the color green. Thank you for tuning into this episode of the podcast. We hope to see you next time. Four H is a youth development program of the University of Minnesota Extension. It is available for youth in kindergarten through one year after high school. 4-H'ers participate in hands-on learning experiences in STEM, leadership and civic engagement, animal science, creative arts, and much more. To learn more about Minnesota 4-H, visit z.umn.edu slash 4-H.